still in Isaiah. I love this. And um, we're at 52. We're going to start on verse 7. If I read the passage first, I'm going to blow it. So I'm not going to read the passage first. Bill does that. I love it when he does that. I can't get away with it. Um, This week is the end of uh, one of Isaiah's songs. And it immediately transitions into the last of Isaiah's servant songs. But this is the last of the commands of God before the revelation of God's servant. And um, God lifts up a corner of the veil that hides the truths of the universe. God grants us a glimpse of what is to come. And uh, that is how we know that God's redemption has drawn close to us. So we're going to look at Isaiah 52, 7 to 12. Let me, let me open with a word of prayer. Almighty God, how amazing you are, Lord. How beautiful. How powerful. How all-encompassing. Heavenly Father, I stand and I look up at the stars and the vastness of the universe, and I know how much more incredibly immense you must be to have created this place for us to live. Heavenly Father, you sent your Son down to solve the problem that exists between us and you. We have not been faithful, Lord, and how easily we are distracted by the worries of this world that drag us away. Heavenly Father, give us this time where we can concentrate only on you, about what you're trying to tell us, about what Isaiah is trying to tell us here, that we will understand and know more about you. Lord Jesus, you are so incredible. You walked up on that final hill on Calvary, bearing all the sins of the world to save us. Lord Jesus, you are so amazing to have done this for each and every one of us. Tear open our hearts Write your words deep down inside of us. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So, we're starting with verse 7. Isaiah 52, verse 7. All right. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Okay, we often use this phrase, and this is where it comes from. And how true indeed, who indeed publishes peace, who publishes salvation, You can bring news of of peace and bring news of salvation, but to publish that, who is that that would publish that? Those things can only come from God. 
we often bring that news, but none of us can publish peace or publish salvation. Those are the things only from God. Romans 10.15. Romans 10.15. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Paul uses Isaiah here to reinforce the message that is being carried by these messengers. Ephesians 6.15. Ephesians 6.15. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Again, the message and the messenger carrying, being carried across the hills. Continuing on, verse 8. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy. For eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. The watchmen. Who are the watchmen here? Over in Mark, Mark 13, 32 to 36. Mark 13, 32 to 36. But concerning that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. So who are the watchmen? We are the watchmen. Jesus has told us to be awake, to be ready, to be prepared. Isaiah 44, 23. Isaiah 44, 23. Sing, O heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout, O depths of the earth. Break forth into singing, O mountains, O forest, and every tree in it. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob, and will be glorified in Israel. We don't know when that comes. None of us do. And so we are told to be like the watchmen always awake, on guard, prepared, waiting for the event that comes to us. Verse 9. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. Now keep in mind, Jerusalem has not fallen at this point. Isaiah is telling them, it's going to get bad, people. It's going to get bad. What happens here on this earth is going to be very traumatic. The waste places. Jerusalem was laid waste in 586 B.C. by Babylon. And Solomon's temple was destroyed. Solomon's temple was built in about 957 B.C. In 586 B.C., Jerusalem falls, and all of Israel was carried off into exile for 40 years. The temple was ruined. Ezra and Nehemiah returned after the exile, 
and record the reconstruction of Jerusalem and the new temple, dedicated in 515 BC. The second temple was much more austere than Solomon's temple, which came before. And this temple would remain incomplete until Herod the Great expanded it and did much to try and decorate it in about 20 BC. The temple was destroyed during a Jewish revolt against the Romans. The Roman army destroyed the temple in 70 AD. The dates are significant. Solomon built the first temple, which stands for 371 years. I want you to stop and think about that. One building stands for 371 years. And this is the shortest period in here. Watch this, okay? So the first temple stands for 371 years. The second temple stands for 585 years, almost 600 years. Think about that, one building. One building stands for almost 600 years. The temple has not existed now for 1,952 years. In the place where the temple was now sits the Dome of the Rock. The Dome of the Rock is an Islamic temple. Okay? And the Dome of the Rock has stood twice now. The first one was from 692 to 1015, 323 years. And get this, the second one from 1022 to today. This year, the Dome of the Rock passes. The one that you see that's on top of the Temple Mount today, this year, that building passes a thousand years. A paragraph out of Ezra about the rebuilding of the temple. Ezra 3, 8 to 13. Ezra 3, 8 to 13. Now in the second year after their coming to the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month, Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatil, and Jeshua, the son of Josadak, made a beginning together with the rest of their kinsmen, the priests and the Levites, and all who had come to Jerusalem from the captivity. They appointed the Levites from 20 years old and upward to supervise the work of the house of the Lord. And Jeshua with his sons and his brothers, and Kadmiel and his sons and the sons of Judah, together supervised the workmen in the house of God, along with the sons of Henadad and the Levites and their sons and brothers. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments came forward with trumpets, and the Levites, the son of Asaph, with the cymbals to praise the Lord according to the directions of David, king of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and the heads of the fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first house, wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundation of this house being laid. Though many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout, 
from the sound of the people's weeping. For the people shouted with a great shout, and the sound was heard far away. There's a passage in Nehemiah. I'm not going to read it. I'm going to leave that for you to do on your own. It's Nehemiah 6, 15 through 7, 13. Nehemiah 6, 15 through 7, 13. I am going to read you a short passage out of, it's a verse out of 1 Peter. 1 Peter 2, 5. 1 Peter 2, 5. Peter had an understanding here of what was going on, a deeper understanding. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I love this. So we are the temple, is what Peter is saying. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. We are the watchmen, but we are also the temple. We are the living stone. Verse 10. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. We all know what happens when the Lord bears his arm. We all know what that means. God is not messing around. It is serious when God bears his arm. And God is doing this before all the nations of the earth. All the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. verse 11. Now just because we're getting close to the end doesn't mean it just sort of abruptly ends. There's, there's a catch. There's a catch here at the very end. Okay, verse 11. Depart, depart, go out from there. Touch no unclean thing. Go out from the midst of her. Purify yourselves, you who bear the vessels of the Lord. This goes back to the thinking about the priests carrying the vessels before the Holy of Holies. But here in verse 11, a new verse in the song begins here. We are to keep ourselves holy, set apart, and note the priests would bring in the offerings before the Holy of Holies. Here Isaiah is saying God commands us to bear the vessels before the Lord. We're to serve as priests before God. And now verse 12. And verse 12, the instant I read this, there were other passages that immediately came to mind. Listen to this. For you shall not go out in haste, and you shall not go in flight. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. Now, this is in contrast, this verse is in contrast with Exodus, when Israel leaves Egypt. Isaiah said, you shall not go out in haste, and you shall not go in flight. Moses said, Exodus 12, 11, Exodus 12, 11, in this manner you shall eat it, 
with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. The Israelites were leaving Egypt in a rush. And Isaiah is saying here, this time around, you're not going to leave in a rush. This time is different. Continuing on, Isaiah said, The Lord shall go before you. Moses writes, Exodus 14, 19. Exodus 14, 19. Then the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood between them, between them and Pharaoh's chariots. Isaiah said, the God of Israel will be your rear guard. Moses wrote, Exodus 13, 21 to 22. Exodus 13, 21 to 22. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. This passage ends the song of the commands of God. Isaiah is drawing a contrast here between the old covenant and a new covenant which is coming. Something new is coming. And how will we know it's a new thing? How will we recognize it? God can do whatever he wants, but here God is telling us what he's going to do, that something different is going to come, and that we should all be aware of it and alert for it. God is wholly just. God is wholly faithful. We are the ones that are not just. We are the ones that are not faithful. God knows what the great problem is, the problem of sin. And God knows the only way that sin can be atoned for, for the redemption of God's people, for the salvation of God's people. No one can pay for their own sins. Sin requires death. Yet God knows one who can pay for all sins. From eternity to past, through the present to eternity in the future, God knows, and God knows which servant is just and true and can stand in the gap for all the sins of God's people. Jesus. Jesus is the only one. He is the servant. He is also the crown prince and the king, not created, not made, forever eternal. Next week, we're going to talk more about Jesus. Bill's going to do that, and this is going to be awesome. And I know that Bill is going to smack this one all the way out of the park. And I'm going to love every minute of it. This is going to be great. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> I can't make it. 
right? All right, let me close in prayer. Almighty God, how incredible are your words. We look to the hills for our salvation. We look for the messengers to come to bring the good news to publish salvation, to publish peace. Lord, you are the only one that can do that for us. You are so amazing, Lord. We ask you that you would remind us of these words, that we would remember this as we continue on in Isaiah, and that all of a sudden, all the things that we do not understand suddenly become clear. Heavenly Father, you are so amazing and so beautiful. And we love you and we worship you. Amen.